Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome to Ambridge on the Couch, an in-depth look at the Archers with me, Harriet Carmichael and Lucy Freeman. Before we dive headfirst into our favourite scenes, let's remind ourselves of the goings-on with Lucy's Week in Ambridge. Over to you, Lucy. We began the week with David and Ruth discovering that someone had been saying horrid things about their barn. (laughs) The customer read about it online, said Ruth. (laughs) What do you mean, online, said David. Well, of course, if he doesn't know what online means, then we have a great deal of tedious spade work ahead of us, to quote P.G. Woodhouse, (laughs) but he got there in the end. The bridegroom had said it would ruin their big day if they had to celebrate it at Brooker's. Mm. To be honest, mate, it would have been ruined anyway, as you'd be working with an events team that think an oven chip is a canopy, and when they talked about the romance of having livestock about, I'm not sure you realise they meant rats. David and Ruth spent the rest of the morning fretting, feverishly counting their retweets like a recent divorcee who's just posted a new profile picture. David was all for shooting Philip on the grounds of what he'd done to his business and Ruth tried to persuade him that depriving three people of their liberty was probably a bit more of an issue than David not being able to afford another Massey Ferguson. But little did she know he'd also had his eye on getting the viaduct set for his train set, but he kept that quiet. Anyway... (laughs) Hot on the heels of Kirsty's one-woman vigilante campaign to find the boys, which consisted of trundling round Felpersham, getting bitten by dogs, David and Ruth set about trying to track down the perpetrator of the review. It must be someone who knows us, said David triumphantly. Brilliant! He then confessed that he hadn't thought of that himself. It was Brian. But they both reacted as if he'd just won round Britain quiz. Helen rang Lee from the bottom of a well and Krusty nearly (laughs) ran over a banjo on her way home. People don't half have a cavalier attitude to the roadways in Ambridge. They're a death trap. If you're not swerving to avoid racecourse fraudsters sprawled in the road, there's Alkies passed out on the verge, Brian travelling at 37 miles an hour (laughs) and now musical instruments being hurled out of car windows. Sorry, Shula was relieved about kissing spines. Phew, so am I. Not least because I've completely forgotten what they are. I knew for about 10 minutes when it first happened, but now I've learned a new way of folding duvet cases and whoosh, it's disappeared. My brain is now full and on overwrite, clearly. Anyway, Alistair could feel Shula's needy tendrils waving out towards him. So he hurriedly said he had to go and cheer up an unhappy alpaca, which is exactly the excuse I'm going to use next time I get stuck on a Zoom call. Rex fessed up about the review and David put on his really, really quite cross voice and ended up offering to help him write his submission to get another farm, lend him some money and give him a foot rub. He should have let Ruth and Pip talk to him. They'd have had the castration pliers on him in no time. Philip rang up Shula, which shows how desperate he was. Guess what? 
it's actually not very nice feeling frightened and isolated and at the mercy of someone else and with people you don't like and are scared of. Who knew, Philip? Ruth did her usual naught to mental in 30 seconds. <laughs> what started off as a quiet conversation about developing the dairy herd ended up with her getting pit round the neck and throttling her up against the gatepost by the sound of it. <laughs> Pippington, having fought her mother off, decided to find a less inflammatory conversational topic for her and started yakking on about the innovative farm group. It was all about the cows being shut outside for ages all through the winter with no coats. A bit like teenagers in a queue for a club. The skinny ones get let in first, Pip said. I don't think the innovative farm group sounds terrifically technical, but I'm not the rewilder. <laughs> Over at Lower Loxley, Russ was wanging on about an exhibition called The Id and the Am. Oh, you're a flipping country house. You're not the Whitechapel Gallery. People don't go to you to see bollocks about the id, Russ. They want to see pictures of cattle. The sun coming up behind Lakey Hill. The sun going down in front of Lakey Hill. And poppies. There is always poppies. If you want to get avant-garde, then do a sculpture park thingy. People like them because they can sit down and feel cultural while drinking tea and their children go berserk in the gardens and dangle off the Henry Moores. We then had to listen while Lizzie talked Vince through the wine for Stephanie's wedding. Vince said he was looking for something perfumed and full-bodied, and Lizzie said, you can say what you like, I'm still not swallowing it. <laughs> anyway, they got all arch and flirty, and it was icky, and then we moved on to Jacob's knits. Poor man, I've got one of those combs he can borrow if he likes. The only way Vince got through the meeting was to get blind drunk on horrible lower Loxley wine and announce that he was a knitted sparrow hawk. Do you know what, love? If you want to identify as a knitted sparrowhawk, you go right ahead. I don't care anymore. I just don't want to listen to you and Lizzie at it. Is that clear? And I got my wish. But we were still subject to the aftermath of the gruesome twosomes first night together, with Lizzie hobbling down to Brecker at Lower Loxley looking like Jean Simmons from Kiss, wearing nothing but a white abattoir jacket and the strong smell of Burberry for men. Poor Vince, meanwhile, had been pounced on and forced into the gallery. Can you imagine anything worse than having a bowel-shattering hangover and being shown around a half-arsed art gallery by Russ? <laughs> At this stage, our visitors are intrigued, said Russ enthusiastically. <laughs> They're not, Russ. At that stage, your visitors, all 26 of them, are wondering what the hell they paid £6.54 and where the loos are. <laughs> to cap off a bit of a nah, week, we ended up in prison with Philip and Shula. Sadly, Philip was the only one who was supposed to be in there. Shula just went along to practice vickering. It didn't go awfully well because Philip would not pray with her and then just wanted to mine her for information. I don't really know what she was expecting. A cell conversion where he renounced slavery and decided to give his life to Jesus and centre point? Instead, he had a popper and she flounced off. Are vicars allowed to flounce? I bet Richard Coles flounces if he gets the chance. Anyway, I found myself completely outraged because Philip called Shula a bad-tempered cow. Not because she isn't one, she is, but because he called her it. Listen, Mush, you've only been in this village for five minutes. We've had to put up with her for years. If anyone's <laughs> going to call her a bad-tempered cow, it'll be us. The end. <laughs> oh, yay. Yay, you made a... You made a... <laughs> week actually quite funny <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit of a was it a yeah. week or was it just because so much has happened uh, I that we've now it... got used to kind of a, it's like watching uh, a bruce willis film and now it's all gone a bit quiet and we're like oh it's not yes. going to explode why oh that's boring <laughs> it's because it was such a good week last week wasn't it yeah yeah and 
you uh, I mean there were some little funny bits and good bits and interesting bits but um I when Philip said you're just a grumpy bad-tempered yeah. vicar I went Yes, totally. <laughs> that was the trouble with that scene. I was yeah. sort of on Philip's side. I know. <laughs> a lot of Twitter suddenly went a bit quiet and then everyone put, he's got a point. <laughs> I just thought, he, however, I mean, presumably when vicars go to talk to mass murderers in prison, mm. they do presumably try and just listen to their side mm. of the story, however yeah. outrageous and, you know, incomprehensible well, it is. The thing about vickering that I don't think Shula has got, <laughs> I mean, I'm not talking God knows, I'm not hilariously God knows, definitely God knows, um, that I'm not talking from any sort of experience at all. But I think the idea is that you put your own ego aside. It's not about you forgiving mm. them or approving or not approving or whatever. But Shula was unable to rein that in, wasn't she? She was she said i'm not here she sort of she tried she kind of said i'm not here to talk about me we're not here i'm not here to um you know i'm not your friend i'm not here as a friend i'm not here you know but then she couldn't she couldn't not she couldn't couldn't not not challenge him yeah and and say what the hell you know because he clearly is totally unrepentant because he has managed to convince himself somehow that nothing he's done was wrong well, because you would have thought that seeing as she's a vicar in training, all this is great for the CV. Yeah. And she, you know, she should be going in regularly just to sort of tick, tick, and then Can present it to the bishop at the end. Can you imagine it's like those things? No, I'm not charging for it. I'm just doing it for the profile. <laughs> exactly. Be great exposure for your brand. Could you please come and talk to our slave master that we've got in prison? <laughs> but it did. I wondered though if, because if she continues visiting him, which is, which would be good, because then we, mm. then Philip's still in the show, and it's yeah, yeah there's a baddie still. Well, after someone's just shouted at you and called you a bad-tempered cow, I'm <laughs> well, not sure you'd be gagging no, to go back. Could I you? think she's gonna go back for more, and I think like you know, lots of um, loads of women who no, who are, yes, I believe she will fall under his spell and fall in love with him yep that's my prediction which would be great wouldn't it it'd be brilliant harriet you are nuts she's not going to fall in love (laughs) she i mean i know she's an idiot but she's not that bad but i i thought that was sort of a given that if you're a a prison (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it's like um you know what was that brilliant you know the brilliant show with sarah lancashire oh you know, oh my god, I can't believe I've forgotten. Where well, she's the police, and James Norton was the original baddie, yes. Happy Valley. Oh, no. Yes, yes, yes. And you know, and he had like Shirley Henderson, didn't you? you know? She was yeah. prison visiting him, and she was completely. Well, I mean, obviously, he'd be completely in love with James Norton, whatever he does. But but it's that bad boy, isn't it? Who's who's completely blinkered to to being. He, you know, like Philip. Philip, and Philip genuinely genuinely thinks he did help those mm. boys and i thought he put a good case forward to be honest even though of course it was wrong of course he he's blinded well, it was a good case for how he could justify it to yes. himself yeah. yeah 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 and to the world he's like yeah. look i took them off the streets i'm i didn't give them you know he's basically saying i converted the minimum mm. wage into mm. accommodation and food and yeah. <laughs> trips to the doctor <laughs> Woo! <laughs> uh, Philip, the NHS is free. 
<laughs> but then, so why did he, if he was so proud of what he was doing, why did he keep it so quiet? Why did well, he not let them talk well, to anybody? Know, and yes, of course he knew it was illegal. Ah. But he he's now he's sort of thinking, but you know, but why? You know, I shouldn't be banged up. Uh, well, yeah, I, I'm not. Why am I justifying what he's I don't done? Know. I'm not. I was wondering. <laughs> the trouble is, I he's got me under his be. spell. <laughs> If I keep visiting him or hearing him in prison, I'm going to fall, fall in love with in love. <laughs> As opposed to um, I hope Russ. he stays in prison because I, th- I, it sounds like he needs to blow his nose. Every time I hear him, I think, <laughs> blow your nose. It's like um, uh, Alice, clear your throat. Clear yes. your throat. No, yeah. she's always a bit Brilliant. bunged up. Yeah. Yeah, she always is. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I, because I, 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 you know, I said I was in love with Russ last week. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I've really got off him. Good. Oh, I forgot. I forgot how what a plonker he is, <laughs> and how arrogant and boring. But now he's not like, now he's not the sort of sexy teacher. He's just a. Well, tit. as That's he said, yes, yeah. an embarrassing tit. Yeah, doing being a bit of a knob in the corner of the <laughs> selling postcards, while all his students come in and. <laughs> Throw bananas Would you like at a him? pencil sharpener with that as well? We've got them on two for one. Oh, um, but yeah, I did find that was one of my high points. Actually, in fact, that I think that was probably my only high point was um, Elizabeth and Vince. No, it wasn't Elizabeth and Vince because that was annoying. But it was um, Jacob, the artist, and his knitted <laughs> knitwear. <laughs> <laughs> so did I. <laughs> but I would say it was oh. that was going to be my low point only because there just weren't enough knitting puns. No. I mean, I couldn't believe that was such a waste of a scene. I think Vince made that really unfunny. Yeah. Oh, he's got he's got knits or whatever. Yeah. I mean, Lizzie, Lizzie should have been right out with those. Oh, maybe he'll show me his big bobbin. Or, you know. <laughs> What are you going to unwind for me now, Vince? I just couldn't believe there wasn't spin me a yarn and, you know. Oh, very good. I, oh. <laughs> Don't stitch me up, etc. But I love the way Lizzie went from saying, I won't have a drink because I'm due in the gallery to being absolutely canine <laughs> two minutes later. <laughs> you know, you, you weren't impressed with that. I, I really liked that scene. I don't know what to say. When Lizzie's pissed, she's so funny. Yeah, because well, she does that thing of... She tries really hard then yeah, to over enunciate yeah, yeah. so that she doesn't yeah. sound drunk. I loved, I really loved, I really like her and Vince. I mean, I know it's a bit like, ugh, and I don't, I couldn't understand what was sexy about being a sparrowhawk. No, me neither. Oh, Vince, it yeah, was, you're a bit like a sparrowhawk. It was, it's what? kind of, she, I think they're at that stage of the relationship where everything sounds sexy because they haven't, they hadn't actually had sex. Yes, that's why she should have been talking about the knitter's ball winder. Yes, and, but, you know. <laughs> that sounds like a country that's dance. A, that's a term Grab I had to Google. For the knitter's ball winder. Um, I, yeah, it, it, I don't like that. The archers do flirting so badly. It's a miracle they've mm. got so many children between them, really, because they're really bad at it. But I suppose, to be fair, it's because you've probably got one shot of it, haven't you? And you're reading off the page. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite hard to make eye contact. <laughs> And and if you're if the partner you're reading with isn't that sexy, you have to really use your imagination. But it's like this arch thing. It's like there's a thing that people only ever say in in um 
in drama. They never say it in real life. When a man compliments a woman and the woman says, oh, thank you, kind sir. It never <laughs> happens, ever. Not just because no one's ever said it to me, for obvious reasons, but no one's ever said it to anybody I have ever known in You're right. Life. It's just far too overwritten, isn't it? Yeah. It's just no never subtle. And yet, I swear to God, we hear that about three times a year in Ambridge. <laughs> it's usually Jolene that says it, to be fair, but... Oh, it drives me mad. It's like they get all arch and they sort of yes. bridle and preen. And you think, yes, it's so bloody normal. Because it does make you cringe. That's, yeah. but that's, that, that's why I thought it was a bit of a, a wasted moment with the knitting because it, so, it was such a funny idea. And yeah. then Lizzie and Vince could have got really hysterical yeah. and, you know, done sort of, you know, that flirting you do when you're really pissed and yeah. been silly, really silly. Yeah. Whereas actually when Vince was like, oh, well, I'm a bit like a sparrow hawk. I was like, <laughs> no. this, is a, this is not a sexy thing to say. He's more like a penguin. In my mind's eye, he's much <laughs> yeah. more like a penguin. But I... it made me laugh when, what was the scene where he went, I can't remember who he was talking to. Maybe it was Russ and he was like, oh, those, those, those carcasses won't hang themselves. Oh, yeah. And I was thinking, I forgot he's, I forgot yeah. he's, he is, I, I sort of assumed he was a, I knew he owned the abattoir, but I didn't think he was genuinely hanging Hang. I know, up. I don't either. I don't believe for a minute that anyone going round in a roller, you know, rolls no. his sleeves up and starts. Um, what was your highlight then? Uh, no, that was it. That was it. Oh. The knitwear. That was, um, and the fact that he was called Jacob and that he was from Stoke. And someone said on Twitter, I can believe a lot, but not that there's a knitwear artist from Stoke. <laughs> no, I can totally believe that. I, I can uh, totally picture him. And in fact, they need to bring him back as a character. And I know the perfect actor to play him. Really? Yeah. A sort of, I've got this lovely friend who's uh, quite arty. Well, he's an actor. And he's sort of tall and gangly, a little bit eccentric. Yeah, uh, he, you this know, guy, is de- Jacob, is definitely tall and gangly, isn't he? <laughs> Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I've got, I, I know exactly who can play that role. So I'll, I, I better email Kerry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do. You'll, you I'll handle casting that. this week, I'll, uh, Yeah, I'll, yeah. Send, I'll send them Kerry, his casting Kerry, stand by. Details. Harriet's people will be talking to your people. Just I'll to... send you his spotlight link. Yeah, 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 yeah great, um, great. Do you want me to play you my highlight of the week? Yes, please. For crying out that's oh. Kirsty saying the F word. <laughs> she said a rude thing. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. Fuck. Helen. Oh, what are you playing at? Fuck. I couldn't, couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that the BBC got away Dear with BBC. that. <laughs> Honestly, Kirsty. Not only was it a woman with a regional accent. She also said, fuck right out loud. She was so, she was so wound up. She couldn't help it. Fuck, Helen. I know what I'm doing. The homeless love me. Honestly, not all the dogs are rabied. That was so funny, wasn't it? The rabid dog. And when, when with the scene open, she's just going, sorry, sorry, backing away. You think, oh, and God. And Kirsty, who I used to love, you know, mm. Kirsty could do no wrong. And then Helen's like, oh, well, Roy's keeping your job open. Mm. You'd be like, oh, thank you so much. That's mm. so lovely. They're so understanding. And it was like, I don't care about my job. You know, I was mm. like, Kirsty, come mm. on now. You're a sensible woman. Stop this. She is. But at the moment, she isn't a sensible woman, is she? And she's not behaving. Um, 
she's not behaving like the Kirsty that we know because she is under such incredible she's having the vision of herself that she she has a vision of herself and she has a, a vision of herself that she likes to portray to other people mm. and that has just been completely blown out of the water so she feels totally vulnerable totally exposed and she's desperately trying to claw that image back and the only way she can do it is by putting to rights everything she feels responsible for well, I'm sorry. If I was Roy, I'd say mm. there there are plenty of other people after that job, Kirsty. But it's like when when uh, uh, she said you need to sort your house out. You need, to, and she said, "Oh, Roy's not going to throw me out." And I oh, thought, you wanna, yeah. t- he, she really takes him for granted." Well, she's becoming very, very selfish. Well, it's she's like... obsessed, isn't she? She's yes. just totally, yes. totally obsessed. Yeah, I, uh, you know. I love Kirsty, but I don't. I don't like new Kirsty. No, she's not new Kirsty. No, she's not. She's this is this is the other Kirstie. side of Kirsty that we've yeah. seen before that I'd completely yeah. forgotten about. Yeah, when she's not happy, and you know, when she's in this awful yeah yeah spiral. Um, now talking of that, talking mm-hmm. of Krusty, we have had an email from Erica Hobbs, who has uh, forwarded an anonymous letter to our um, Ambridge on the Couch therapist. Uh, She said, uh, please pass this on to your therapist doing their good work treating the people of Ambridge. Am I the only (laughs) person who finds Kirsty insufferable? She's exhaustingly good and righteous with a moral compass that puts us all to shame. Help me. Is it bad of me to dislike the good people of Ambridge like Kirsty and to cheer on the scoundrels like Brian and the wayward losers like Freddie? But but Kirsty, but that's the thing, isn't it? Kirsty hasn't always been like that. But when she gets on this, yeah, mm. this charitable high horse, mm. it is absolutely insufferable. Mm. And also, you know, there is that. There's great truth in that saying about you know the devil has all the best tunes and the characters yeah. like Brian. Um, the thing is, they're funny. Yeah, because we love a rogue. Yeah, Who and love you a can rogue? forgive an awful lot. Philip is not funny. Matt Crawford was funny. Yeah. Also, Brian has longevity. Yeah. So we can forgive him anyth- everything yeah. because he, we know that he deep down loves Jenny. And yeah, he's a, he, I suppose he's not a rogue, is he? Because he's not a lovable rogue. He's more sophisticated than that. Yeah. yeah. I think he, he he's lovable just. Lovable rogue is what you call somebody working class that yes, does that. Yeah. Maybe that's the difference. Yeah. Yeah, it made, it made me think the other day. I mean, obviously, this is not real life. But um, Kirsty's parents, A, didn't bother coming to the wedding. Mm. B, haven't bothered to show their face when their daughter's <laughs> husband has been locked up for being a slave driver. They are. I mean, you can see yeah. where Kirsty gets her selfish nature yeah. from. There's no external family backup anywhere, you know. <laughs> it really is. It's like you, you move to Ambridge and just it's like joining a cult. You know, yeah. the moon is you just never see your family again. Bye. <laughs> you occasionally get a card and, you know, if it's not unless, intercepted. Unless you are begat into yes, one of those yes, families. Yes, if there's been a bit of begatment going on, then you're fine. But otherwise. And we've had another email from Katie Anderson, mm-hmm. who, after we were talking last night about how many characters uh, we there are and how many that we she said uh, she took a quick look at the bbc website and they have 109 characters listed that includes the silence but not the people that have died who obviously we still hold in our heads because 
you put the Grundys through, you know, you when you think of them, you think of them in terms of Joe, even though Joe isn't here anymore and all that sort of thing. And she said, what a lot of mental admin. She's right. I mean, yes. no wonder we're so tired, Harriet. We're, we're trying to remember the names of 109 different people we've never met and never seen. Some of them we've never heard. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's really, that's, that's 109. That is a that good is a lot, stat. isn't it? Yeah, that is a lot. Good stat. But when, I'm going to write it down. The, what for? Why are you writing it down? <laughs> I've got a notebook for have this you? podcast. Yes, I have. So yes. in three months' time, you'll look back at the word, you'll see the number 109, you, and you'll think, you, what's that? I, on this current page, because I've now written down 109, mm. I've got 109 ball winder. Because <laughs> <laughs> that was the only note I made for this podcast was ball winder. <laughs> Mr. Newbie has been let loose on the mic this week and he has set up his own Twitter account called <laughs> Newbie Couch. And he's been besieged by Archer's women following him, anxious to initiate him in the ways of Ambridge. Um, Is that all they want to initiate him in, Lucy? I don't know. I'm not. He's kind of, at the moment, he's struggling manfully to fight them off. Every time I look back at his account, he's got 10 more followers in minutes. So... Yes. Well, he needs to start putting some photos up there so we can uh, see what mysterious newbie looks like. <laughs> I'm imagining just... him as a 20, young 25-year-old. No? <laughs> so, this week, we have let Mr. Newbie, at Newbie Couch, loose with the mic. Oh, loose with the mic. So let's hear how he's got on this week. Hello, everybody. Mr. Newbie here. Despite my pitifully confused submissions over the last few weeks, Lucy and Harriet have, in their wisdom, decided that what this podcast needs is me wanging on in person rather than just via email. <laughs> so, here I am, hoping that you can all help me make some sense of all of this. Is Brookfield the farm, or a separate location purely for events? Seems Brian's right. outside <laughs> with a chainsaw. Seems as though my first few weeks of the archers will include explosions, slavery, and now a grisly agricultural double murder. Perhaps Brian does this a lot. Is it a cry for help? Yes. Is Kirsty always this impulsive? Yes. Helen's got hold of Kirsty and is bending her ear, but more importantly, for the first time ever, I knew who two characters were as soon as they started speaking. Ah, another day, another new character. This time it's Pip who has just very considerately called David Dad. Assuming that's not just a <laughs> fetish, I think I'm slowly piecing together the Archer family now. Pip is enormously chirpy and has quite the most splendid diction I think I've ever heard. <laughs> when she says texts, it comes out texts. <laughs> She's bunged in another new character now as well. This one's called Vince. There's a horse in this next scene, so this must be Shula, and she helpfully names both Alistair and Banjo in her very first couple of sentences. Presumably, one of these is the horse. The next scene <laughs> starts with Shula picking up the phone and announcing herself, which is a sure sign that the writers listen to this podcast and are taking pity on me. Did we see this side of Philip when he was taking absolutely everybody else in? Or is this as much yeah. of a surprise to the listeners as it is to Kirsty? Alistair's yes. just told Shula that he needs to get to the unhappy alpaca. Which, I have to say, is a very unusual name for a village pub. Unless I've got the wrong end of the stick, Russ has just walked into Elizabeth's bedroom while Vince is in the shower. I know the sexual revolution is thriving <laughs> in Ambridge, 
But this is bordering on <laughs> sordid now. At least Elizabeth is shamefaced about yesterday's drunken goings on. Maybe I'll give her one more chance after all. <laughs> Russ really is straight out of central casting, isn't he? It's the BBC here. Can you send us a wanky art dealer, please? Oh boy, we've got another big bowl of Ambridge genetic spaghetti to sort out here. <laughs> so, Russ is married to Lily, whose mother is Elizabeth. Yep. That would make Vince Russ's prospective father-in-law, adding a fresh wrinkle to the film script, which I've now started writing. But <laughs> Shula is Lily's aunt too, meaning that Elizabeth is Shula's sister, right? Is there anybody in the Archers who's not related to 20 other people in the village? Nope. This no. isn't the gentle bucolic tale of everyday folk I was expecting when I started listening to the Archers. And I have to say, I am very much here for it. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> so good. That's it. It's another week in Ambridge. Yeah. Just from a different perspective. <laughs> Just from the perspective of somebody who doesn't know what the hell is going on. Well, actually, that's yeah, he, did well. he did well. He did. He did well. Also, I liked the, um, the detail in yes. Pip's diction because... <laughs> Texts is a really hard yeah. word to say in front yeah. of a mic. Yeah. Because occasionally, I, for, for for a job I do, I have to say freckles and texts, but mm. I have, but I can't say it. Freckles and texts. Freckles and texts. I can say mm. only say texts. Um, I re- I I want to learn Pip's voice because mm. it's because actually when I when I hear her. To be, to be. In answer to, I try to get down some answers very quickly, Mr. Newby. Uh, Brookfield Farm, yes, that is. Um, it's the, one of the biggest farms in 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 locally in the district, and um, they are forever trying to think of ways to diversify. They they sell their own meat, they butcher their own meat and sell it, or they 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 sell homegrown, uh, home raised meat anyway. Um, and also, they've made an enormous investment in this blooming uh slave built slave built yeah shack uh wedding shack and um but if uh, you're looking yeah. for if you're looking for an an events location you go to lower loxley, loxley yeah. and it's funny that this week they you know that um therapy story we did last week which was basically lizzie going well sometimes it's a yeah a home. <laughs> sometimes there's an alpaca park and sometimes there's a little you know a sex cabin at the end but it was like they they that i think they actually brought that up this week didn't they Talking, I think Russ or Vince was talking about all the different bits yeah. that Lower Locks. Oh yeah, had. when he went a vineyard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've got a um, yeah, an, a, an outdoor space exploration site as well. If you want to take a look. <laughs> but it was exactly what you brought up last week. It really made me laugh. <laughs> I didn't think of that. Um, that's a horrifying prospect. Vince being Russ's father-in-law. That's hilarious. And wasn't. But again, that was a bit weird, wasn't it? When Russ and um, Vince were talking and it was almost like Russ was, even though Russ sounds, you know, definitely as old as Vince, he obviously, because he's going out with Lily, was sort of, you know, sounded like the younger yeah. son. Yeah, trying but to impress so, the father in law. Yeah, and it was yeah. a bit weird. Wish, uh, wish Lily and I would let ourselves go a bit. I was like, what? What? Are you talking about, you know, it was an odd turn of phrase. Maybe they don't do much except no. draw pictures together. 
And also, it's like, let yourselves go. Vince and Lizzie had a bottle of wine. Yeah. <laughs> they did staggered upstairs hiccuping. They probably weren't even capable of doing anything. It was all... anyway. Because, again, I also assumed that Russ was in, Lily's be... in uh, Lizzie's <laughs> bedroom. Let's all... Let's all... As soon as I heard him, in fact, I was like, okay, this is the beginning of the Russ, Vince, Lizzie triangle. Right. (laughs) But clearly it wasn't. (laughs) You are obsessed. What is wrong with you? Not everybody's gagging to sleep with everybody else. No, everyone's gagging to sleep with Lizzie. She's a sexy lady. And I think if she gives you the eye, you go for it. Really? (laughs) Also, I just don't you think it's weird. Isn't it weird to have Russ living in your house? Yes. Going out with your very, very young yep. daughter yep. when he's clearly 50 or something. Yeah. Yep. It's the whole setup is weird. And now that they're sort of being treated like just a normal couple, mm. I just don't, it just doesn't, it gives me, it makes me a bit icky actually. Well, that is what'll kill it for Lizzie, uh, Lily. That is what, when, it, when they just get treated like a normal people, when there's no yeah. person, where there's no shock value anymore, there's no, yes, he is a bit older than me and he's married. <laughs> what of it? La, la, la. I'm like, I'm grown up. I can do it. La, la, la. Yeah. Oh, and then that tedious think, thing of yeah. like, Freddie, can't we just yeah. go and play some bingo? Yeah. And do you remember on her yes. 18th birthday? I'm oh, not boring, Freddie. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Honestly, yes, you are. me and Brass just like doing colouring in. <laughs> But I think it's really wild. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yes. Ugh. Yeah. Mr. Newby, to yeah. fill you in, Russ was Li- Lily's, one of Lily's lecturers. So he is 40-something. Lechy Lily, lecture, lecturer. Yeah. Uh, and Lily is uh, 21st. Must have been there 21st. Yeah. Yeah, must so have she's, been. So she's 21. Uh, and he is a good 20 years older and married. She's 21 going on 42. Yeah. Yes. Unless she dumps Russ. Yeah. Lily has admitted that, hasn't she? Mm-hmm. She did basically say it's not fair because mm-hmm. I had to, you know, be there for him mm-hmm. when he was in prison and be there for my mother when she had a nervous breakdown. Mm-hmm. No, not a nervous breakdown. Depression. Mm-hmm. I don't think don't think you can say nervous breakdown. <laughs> can we not? Do you, think, do you think you better cut? Do you think you should cut that out? <laughs> Is that another thing? <laughs> oh, in case I get <laughs> trolled. <laughs> I think it's illegal. People who are abusive to (laughs) fictional characters. (laughs) It's not Jane Austen days. We don't have nerves anymore. It's me, I I mean, I feel like, you know, Mrs. Bennet quite a lot of the time. Sort of, you know, worrying over my nerves. Do you have a fainting couch where you can just retire to? I'm definitely going to, I'm going to get a knitted fainting couch. I used to have a boss who was incredibly old school. When when he had a letter to do, he didn't like, he loved talking to people. He hated any form of admin. He, uh, every time he was faced with having to write a boring letter to HMRC or something like that. He couldn't use a computer, so I had to type everything for him. And um, he'd just sit next to me and tell me what to put and say, no, 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 take that out, take that out, stabbing the screen with his finger. And um, every time I said, uh, I used to say, Richard, we have to write this letter to the insurers. And he'd go, oh, God, I'm simply not strong enough, he'd say. <laughs> and I, every time I'd say, Richard, are you strong? No, I am simply not strong enough. And that would be that. Oh, I know what we didn't talk about. David and Rex. Oh, 
I actually. I actually thought David was really sensible and I, I was I was so delighted actually that because I thought oh god you know there's going to just be this massive Barney mm. and the fact that David was really mature about it and like oh, you know honestly mate I can't be bothered mm. to I mean Rex was still such a stroppy child mm. over it wasn't he because at the end because if I was Rex I would have said thank you you know mm. thank you so much for understanding mm. And instead, he basically went, man, it still wasn't my fault. And (laughs) David had been really generous to him, I thought. Well, especially offering to help him with his application for the other tenant farm. Sweet. Blimey. But what the hell is going on with Ruth's temper? (laughs) She's like... (laughs) You're right. She goes... Whenever she's in a scene, I can feel my my heart rate go up slightly because it's like, you know, being in the same room as a dog that suddenly decides it's going to go for you when you're not expecting it. It's just because most of the time she's got that even temper. But if she does, if she does get angry, you you know it. I can't do her angry. But I don't even because I can only do her at this temperature. I don't think she's been in a scene for the last. Six months where she has remained on an even keel. She absolutely lost her shit with Josh. She mm. lost her shit with Ben. She had a right go at Pip and stopped talking to her. Yeah, well, it's because they're her children. I know. How but, you behave with your children? But, <laughs> <laughs> I just stroke my children's hair and tell them I love them <laughs> all the time. Um, <laughs> but... It's not, it's not just kind of, it's not that she's got a temp, you know, when things are pissing her off, she shows it. That's fine. Mm. It's the way it accelerates from, hiya, Ben, how are you doing? To, <laughs> within, within a second and a half. you did that, ben. Exactly. It was like at the end of that, you know, when David and Rex, and I was like, good, that's cleared up. We just don't. And, yeah. and then, of course, at the end of the it. episode, yeah, because they, they needed something to fill the end. It was like, well, you might think it's over, yeah. Dad, but not, you know, da, da, da. I was like, oh, this is so boring. Just can we just forget this storyline happened? It's so boring. And when Brian going, oh, you know, Phoebe's, Phoebe's sorted out. She's going to do conflict oh, resolution. You think, oh, shut up, Brian. Phoebe <laughs> causes most of the conflict anyway by wading into things she doesn't understand. I went to Oxbridge. <laughs> I'll fix it. Oh, my God. To be honest, I'm really pleased that they're doing their rewilding. But can they just do it offline and off yes. screen and Shh. off the radio? Quiet Thanks. rewilding. <laughs> yes. Do, use your inside voices. Quietly. Don't play rewilding. We won't bother you. Just, you know. Come in for yeah, a drink yeah. when you're thirsty. We don't need to hear about it. No. Thanks. I'm sure it's going really well, but I'm so over it. Well, basically, I still don't understand it. I think that's the no, problem. No, it's what it is, is it's seeds, isn't it? <laughs> it's seeds. Isn't it? It's, you know, it's having, it's having, isn't it having um, ploughed up fields becoming meadows? Left fallow. Oh, if you say so. Technical term. What was, that, what was that other technical term you used in your week in Ambridge that I, I didn't know. understand? Ink sizzling or something. It was Shula. What was that? And you, it spots? was a horsey term. Yes. What is? What is, what is that? <laughs> what is? Point? I didn't Kissing understand. It's, 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 I didn't 
write it down in my notes, so I forgot to. <laughs> all you've written is ball winder. That's why. Um, <laughs> it is a disease that horses get, and it's when their vertebrae oh. crunch up next to each other. As I understand oh. it, oh, it's dear. very painful. And now we cross to Ambridge itself to hear what's going on on the therapist's couch. This looks like an interesting one, Jeff. On the form where it says sex, she's put no and then thank you for asking though in brackets. Hello, Mrs Grundy, do come in. Oh, actually I didn't know what this was really. I just thought I'd come in because it said it was an hour-long session and I thought I might get to sit down. I'd do anything like that. I'm only a blood donor for the bed and the biscuit. We used to be able to sit down in the dairy, but Ellen took our chairs away, as she was worried we might get slower and colder and bits of chilblain might end up in the raspberry ripple. That That is absolutely fine, Mrs Grundy, if you just need a safe space to decompress. Oh, no, I went before I came out, but thank you. Hmm. Anything in particular on your mind at the moment? No, I'm blessed, I truly am. Never a day goes by that I don't feel grateful. Well, I don't hear many people saying that, Mrs Grundy. Oh, call me Clary. That's an unusual name. Is it Caroline? No, Clarel. My mother was a big fan of their perm-setting solution. Well, Clary, I'm glad to hear you feeling able to count your blessings. Oh, yeah, I've got nothing to complain of. I mean, life isn't perfect. I ain't saying that, but, you know, I've got my husband and my boys and the grandchildren. A close family. Very close in Edward's case. I can hear him brushing his teeth. He lives in a mobile home just outside the back door. Oh, you must get to see a great deal of your grandchildren then. Oh, yeah. Little Georgie. Although he's a big boy now. We used to have to hide the biscuits when he come round, but now it's the credit cards. And of course, little Parpy. Parp? Sorry? Parpy. It's spelt Poppy, but her daddy always calls her Parpy. And then when her great granddad Joe died, it just seemed like a fitting tribute. So what is it about your personality, do you think, Clary, that's given you this this really positive way of looking at things? Oh, I don't know, really. I'm just lucky, I suppose. And I feel needed. My Eddie is an entrepreneur, always ready with some new idea. And he always keeps me involved. You know, cleaning up after him, smoothing things over. And then there's my son, Ed, who uses me a lot for babysitting. And I cook with his wife, Emma. And I'm needed at the dairy, despite some people thinking they're management material. Christmas, it's all go with the turkeys, and sometimes we do the Grundy World of Christmas, and that's a lot of work, but it's such a treat to see the kiddies' faces when they see Eddie in his wellies and a red boiler suit sweating through his cotton wool. Yes, it must be. And then there was a time my Eddie nearly got beaten up by metal detector people. And when our William threatened everyone with a shotgun, and my brother-in-law went to prison, and my daughter-in-law died of sepsis, and Edward killed his brother's puppy, and we got moved to an eye-rise, and the ferrets died. Oh, yeah, it's been a lovely life. Not many people would have your fortitude, Clary. Well, 
Well, now, do you know what keeps me going? I would truly love to know. Well, I've never, ever been an Orobin. You can't ever hold that against me. <sighs> oh, it is cosy in here, isn't it? How long am I allowed to stay? Well, I mean, technically an <sighs> hour, but... <sighs> Clary? Clary? <sighs> Jeff, she's asleep. Bless her. I don't want to wake her up. Where are we going next? Well, if this is our last call, then let's just give her ten minutes. Poor woman. I mean, we can't drive off with her in the van. If there's any Pringles left, I'll come in the front with you. Shh. <laughs> and of course, Lucy, if um, anybody has any questions for the therapist... Uh, don't forget to email us at ambridgeonthecouch at gmail.com. So that's that. There'll be another podcast up next week. So subscribe to us on iTunes and you will never miss an episode. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can email ambridgeonthecouch at gmail.com. We that's are... ambridgeonthecouch at gmail.com. <laughs> but don't text us because we can't get them. <laughs> and we are on Ambridge on Twitter. Or you can follow Mr. Newbie on Twitter at Newbie Couch. And if anyone else wants to set up another yes. couch-related Twitter <laughs> Twitter page, we are maybe delighted. DFS should sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> Do you oh think they're dear. having a sale? I bet they are. At the DFS sale. <laughs> Has anyone ever paid full price for Average anything? on the couch. Sponsored by DFS. <laughs> Shall I invoice them? <laughs> so look, we had the voiceover anyway, so we just did it. Sorry. <laughs> for the grooviest couches around. <laughs> I don't know if a couch can be groovy. <laughs> <sighs> and in the meantime, it's... <laughs> Surely, it's about time, isn't it? It must be goodbye from us. And have a lovely week. Bye.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.